Hello and welcome to the Creative Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Zaki. Following myself outside of work, and that's why I'm always like, always over schedule myself. I'm fighting that urge to just like always constantly after working because, but I, it shouldn't be only work. I should be enjoying my life. Like when it's slow, right? I was like, wow, I'm not working. I have to be working. And now I'm like working so much. I'm like, wow, I only know, know how to value myself through work but now I'm like no we're we're amazing as we are <laughs> and yeah finding really believing that in myself it's been challenge hello everyone welcome to the creative lotus podcast on this week's episode we have dancer and plant-based sushi chef yoko hasebe welcome to the podcast on the third try <laughs> yay yay how are you doing i'm great how are you I'm fantastic. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, so Yoko, I'd love to know kind of some of your background, uh, if we can just jump right on in. So if you can kind of share maybe where you're born and raised, um, and then ultimately kind of like from childhood and kind of how did you get into uh, becoming a dancer? And then also, you know, I know more recently, uh, your story of kind of becoming a plant-based sushi chef as well. So I'd love to hear, uh, yeah, what got you, what got you started? Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I was born and raised in Saitama, Japan. Um, I started to dancing when I was seven. Um, I was, you know, training in ballet a lot. And um, also um, was working at restaurants uh, from like age of 15. So I was like, love communication. I also love uh, cooking at home as well. Um, and let's see. I grew up in <laughs> and then in the high school, yeah, that's when high school, um, I saw a dance battle for the first time. Um, oh, wow. And uh, I was so inspired to learn other forms of dance. And that's when, like, I started to think about studying abroad, coming to America. Mm. But, yeah, I was, like, just struggling so much mentally at a time. Because um, ballet training was, like, a lot of, like, uh, body image issue, like, you know, negativity came up. And then, yeah, so at the age of 15, I was inspired by the dance model and I decided to learn other styles and actually wanted to come to America uh, because my older sister was already here. Okay. But uh, I just was struggling with my confidence. Um, mm. So I didn't quite pursue it and decided to go to uh, university in Japan and still majored in dance. Um, and after a year, I, you know, I just couldn't uh, give up the dream of coming to America and then decided to move to the States um, after a year of college in Japan. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, so, I mean, that's like a huge decision to make, obviously coming, <laughs> coming to the United States from Japan. And, you know, I think, uh, having the yeah. dream, right. And the aspiration to do it. What was it like when you first got to, you know, America and did you come directly to Los Angeles? I know that's where you're based now, but uh, was that your first stop or did you st start somewhere else? I actually moved to San Diego at first. Uh, okay. I went to a community college and as a, right after I moved, um, I thought that, okay, dancing not going to support me financially. Uh, I was so convinced that. And then I decided to major in dance. I'm sorry, in business management. That was uh, majoring in business management and then still dancing a lot, um, auditing, 
dance classes in college and also working at uh, dance studios, um, a front desk or um, there was a studio called APA, um, also Culture Shock Dance Studio. Um, I was working and cleaning dance studio for free classes and Mm. yeah, personally my education. Yeah. Amazing. That's so awesome. Did you get into surfing at all? I mean, San Diego is so beautiful. It's like such a a beach kind of city. How was it like living there? And I'm sure it was a little different than maybe where you were living in Japan prior. Yeah, I loved it. I loved living there. Um, But uh, I didn't get into surfing. I should have. (laughs) My friends are. Yeah. I love the beach. I just like always feel like I was always in school um or dance studio <laughs> yeah yeah or, yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that education or college years are always like that though right like i, I was the same way i was like i never yeah. really got to fully enjoy the city i was in santa barbara for school and i never really enjoyed the city and now oh, okay. like looking back i was like oh my gosh the city is amazing why didn't i take advantage of living there yeah. you know so yeah i totally can relate um yeah so what, once you finished both those programs, um, you know, with schooling and everything, and uh, we're still doing dance and, you know, like you said, at different studios, kind of what made you, what was the jumping off point for you to come to LA uh, specifically and kind of, you know, live here? Yes. Um, it's, this is going to get like a, very like personal, if that's okay. Yeah, um, actually, um, to, so I came to the stage in 2013 and in 2015, my older pr- brother passed away, actually, in mm. Japan. And um, he was different. Like, he was, I, like, also, like, grew up, like, comparing to my <laughs> older siblings. And he was, like, to me, he was, like, a really, like, perfect, you know, example of, like, Majime, like, how do I say? He was, like, very serious person. Like, great at everything. You know, my mom's favorite. And um he was this like for to me like perfect person and he passed away and um i got to read his diary um after he passed away mm-hmm. and then um we were close when we were little but as we you know, grew up like kind of you know grew apart and we didn't speak much um at the time and um and also came to the state so like even more like we, di- we really didn't talk much and right. uh when i read his diary um he was basically like struggling as uh, the same thing as myself mm-hmm. although like to me he was like a very perfect person and although we were but we were like kind of struggling the same way like we couldn't um we didn't have the confidence to follow our dreams or we really couldn't um follow our heart because of we are so focused on what our parents thought or you know what we should be doing mm-hmm. and uh the moment i really thought wow like i was like grieving i i thought oh i if i don't follow my heart or dream i i might i, I might die too or i won't i won't mm. live fully that's that like the thought and I made it myself to um, audition for um, this amazing program called um, Edge Scholarship Program. Mm-hmm. Um, they unfortunately closed because of the pandemic. But and then I told myself, okay, I'm gonna make myself audition for this. If I make this, I'm gonna move to LA and pursue my dream. 
And if uh, I don't make it, I'm just gonna, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I will just pursue my education or go back to Japan. I, and yeah. then I decided to audition for it. And then uh, I think I got really lucky, to be honest. Wow. Um, and yeah, I made it and then I moved to LA. Yeah. Amazing. That's incredible. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's passing. I know that, yeah, losing anyone is no easy feat, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this, this podcast is really based on uh, the Buddhist concept of, you know, the lotus flower, which is, you know, the simultaneity of cause and effect, um, but also mm-hmm. like the, the muck or the struggle underneath the water, which you don't see necessarily is what ultimately like leads to this beautiful lotus flower. So I'd like to ask mm-hmm. each guest kind of what is your, um, maybe beyond, you know, like losing your brother that you just shared, but maybe what other struggles do you feel like have, uh, been the means for you to kind of propel your, your career and your life, uh, you know, as a dancer, but also as, you know, plant-based sushi chef and, you know, really being able to kind of show this, this beautiful life, even though maybe all this stuff is happening underneath the water that people don't see. Mm. Wow. That's a, Deep question. <laughs> wow, big question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it, I've been I've been mentioning this from the beginning a lot. But I I really struggled with self confidence and mm. self esteem and comparing with myself and others. Like even between family, I was the only one um, didn't speak English. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, both my yeah students spoke English like growing up, and I just like had a lot of comparison since little since I was little. So what's the question? Um, <laughs> what what has kind of been your, what struggles have you gone through yeah, that yeah. have really kind of led to your, yeah, your, your blossoming career now, you know, like as a dancer and the, and everything else that you're doing, you know, with your own business and whatnot. Yeah. Those like internal, inter, internal struggle helped me like work extra hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to be doing different from, what everybody's doing I guess like I had to like for example as a chef I realized there's just so many sushi chef male chef already doing a lot of like amazing omakase experience that's mm-hmm. like you know LA um and then okay now I have to think about what can I do differently and create value mm-hmm. as a female chef and to be unique and that's how like how plant-based sushi started yeah yeah i think that you know as an artist um you know and you kind of you're this multi-hyphenate right in the sense that like you have this dance background and that's you know a passion of yours and then um and maybe you can elaborate on this as well but you kind of came to like you said right this idea of doing omakase sushi but really Mm -hmm. making it plant-based instead of um you know which kind of has a a longer term longevity in the sense of sustainability um Mm -hmm. i'm curious kind of how did you uh conceptualize you know on becoming a plant-based sushi chef was it because you were vegan yourself already or was it uh just you i know that you said you wanted to be different right from all these like male very male driven kind of omakase restaurants but um yeah i'd love to know kind of a little bit more of like why specifically like vegetable or plant-based sushi because it's such a unique thing and I'll put up some photos mm-hmm. in post-production, but there's such beautiful sushi as well that you create. Um, but I'm just so curious, kind of like, yeah, how'd that all kind of come together? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, actually, I was going to go, go back and forth dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being said, because it's very connected. But uh, um, 
Yeah, I actually had a burnout. Uh, I think it was second year of being away. Um, mm. I was, you know, still like working in restaurants a lot and then doing classes and auditions because it takes, I think, I guess there's no a lot of money to take classes and, you yeah. know, get all the footage and everything. And so I, one day I went at the studio, um, I had a burnout. I just like, like, I think I was just exhausted, but I just, like, couldn't go into the studio that day. I just sat in my car in the parking lot. I just, like, started sobbing so hard. Mm. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, what is wrong with me? I'm, like, pursuing my dream. I, this isn't what I wanted to do, but I'm so miserable because I was so exhausted. Again. I was exhausted all the time. I'm not booking anything because I'm exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't show up as my, as my best self. Yeah. Um, but I, this is what I really wanted. Like, I'm like, you know, I was just like, okay, let me take a step back. And then I needed to focus on uh, being happy as a person instead of just everything was about dancing and everything. And then I think I lost a lot of habits that were keeping me healthy mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, getting, I think a little bit like sad, not, not a little bit, actually really sad. <laughs> um, and then okay, I decided to take a break and then focus on um, just becoming healthy and happy as a person again. And that's when um, I decided to just quit serving jobs. And I had three jobs at the time. Wow. <laughs> I had a two serving job and now I, had a, I was doing, you know, working in the kitchen at one. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, I'm going to let these two go. And I'm just gonna focus on being kitchen, which you know that's other my passion, other my passion, yeah. Other than dancing, so I just you know decided to focus on that job, and also was looking up a lot of um, like healthy lifestyle, um, and I, I like found a lot of like plant based eating, and that's when I started to research eating plant based, mm. and then because of that, I actually started to feel better, and also what felt like getting healthier again. Right. And during that time, I was actually like made fun of a lot by <laughs> other chefs in sushi oh, restaurant wow. because, you know, like, oh, why were you trying to be? Because in Japanese culture, it's kind of, uh, it's like picky. I mean, it's rude to be picky with the food. You're kind of like educated to eat everything, right? Okay. From like school meals and everything. Mm. Um, so, like, I, actually, I, I was made fun of. But eventually, um, since there was a lot of customers uh, asking for, like, vegan rolls, mm-hmm. um, manager at the time asked me to create vegan menus for the restaurant. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then, you know, th- back then, they only had two vegan rolls. Yeah. But I uh, created that vegan nigiri. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then even it was really you know selling a lot and um, yeah that's how I get got into uh, making plant based fishing. Amazing. That's so incredible. I think that the fact that, you know, it's like you, you could be easily have been like, oh no, I shouldn't do this. Right. Because the influence of these chefs who are like professional, you know, sushi Mm. chefs, you know, making fun of you or kind of giving you a hard time. But then, right. You like, you 
didn't let go of it and you actually flipped it to the point where, you know, living in LA, there's a lot of vegan people and a lot of people who, you know, like to eat plant-based diet. And so, you know, you almost turned that negativity into something that actually has become successful, you know, and then mm-hmm. ultimately right now you started your own uh, business doing it yourself with, you know, plant-based mm-hmm. sushi. So, wow, that's, that's incredible. Um, and I didn't know that uh, Japanese culture is kind of, you're not supposed to be picky with your food, which makes sense actually because i'm kind of picky with my food and it would always get looked at sideways yeah my mom is uh japanese and so her whole family you know would cook a lot of things and i'd be like i don't want to eat that you know she's just like uh, yeah i'd I'd get made fun of her or kind of like you're gonna eat it anyways type thing so that's so funny what what do you don't like so the big thing that Jap- like mm-hmm. Japanese people in general love is eggs, right? And I don't eat any mm-hmm. eggs. Like I, I just don't have like I know. <laughs> you see your face, your exact reaction. Like tamago and like everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you eat yeah sukiyaki. Like you have any of these dishes, you know, and it's like an egg is expected to you know be ate with it. But yeah. Yeah, I just I can't get into it since a child childhood. I just like ugh, it just doesn't do it for Not me. Interesting. Yeah, with the texture. Or it's a texture, it's the flavor, it's the smell, it's everything. But I mean, I will eat things that have egg in it. Um, And actually, funny Mm -hmm. enough, if I have um, like a futomaki, which it will have like tamago in it, like I'll eat that, no problem. But like, just eat, like, you know, like if you go to brunch or something and you order eggs, like I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, I'll I'll get something else. Mm -hmm. I can't eat like an egg uh, by itself as a dish, but. Yeah, but I was yeah as a as a kid it was kind of like and then for the longest time I wouldn't even eat fish. So then my my mom was like, "Are you kidding me? Like we have all these amazing you know dishes that we're cooking with the family, and you're not going to eat them." Yeah, but as I got older, I kind of actually it was my aunt. Uh, shout out to my aunt uh, Dorothy, mm. who she she made dinner and I was staying with them, and she made like um, I think it was like halibut or something, and she was like, "This is what's for dinner. Either you're going to eat it or you're not." <laughs> And I was like, like, you're not going to eat. And I was like, oh. And so I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so delicious. And she had like, you know, daikon with it and some like soy sauce. And yeah, it was, it was delicious. So, and then from there, I kind of kept growing my, my appetite for, for seafood. So yeah, side, complete side story. But how did you, um, are you plant-based now yourself? Like full-time plant-based? I mean, obviously with your business being that way, um, I'm assuming people would probably think that, but, uh, how did you kind of, um, Make that your your own lifestyle choice. Yeah, I actually went to like completely vegan when like when I had the burnout. But uh-huh. then I think I'm still like finding the balance. I, I like started to feel really tired. I still haven't like found the like perfect like how do I say balance. that food within a balance. So I also like went back to this, uh, sorry, went back to restaurant at Morihiro uh, during mm-hmm. pandemic full time. So it was really hard for me to eat completely vegan. And now it's like I try to eat plant-based, but if I'm with the people, I eat whatever. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, it is difficult if you're yeah working constantly and yeah, trying to keep it up mm-hmm. and also having the things that you need around you, you know, especially if you're around friends mm-hmm. that are not plant-based as well. Yeah. So yeah. I totally get it. So I'm curious, uh, you know, what has been kind of your greatest achievement uh, that you really personally take pride in, but maybe is not necessarily known to like everyone on the outside? Oh, being, oh my gosh, this is kind of a little bit embarrassing, but I, and I could, it's like talking to, liking to mm. talking to 
people because I, <laughs> I oh my gosh, I before you know taking that this Buddhist practice, if uh, I practice seriously, I mm-hmm. like hated talking to people <laughs> so mm-hmm. much. Wow. And now you know because of the practice and also you know doing passage yoga in a business, I like actually really start liking talking to people and getting wow. knowing people. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's the biggest achievement. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was it primarily because are you are you talking about like speaking in English specifically or just in general? Like even in Japan, you were like not about you didn't really like to socialize or have to talk with people. You're kind of more kind of reserved. Is that what you mean? Uh, oh, I didn't think about it. Maybe. Hmm. I think so. Uh, especially in English. Um hmm. I struggle a lot with like connecting with people and yeah. that's probably one of the reasons like I wasn't working much as I wanted to be mm. as a dancer as well. And now I feel like it feels so much easier to go into any room because I'm not afraid of speaking to somebody or anybody. Yeah. 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 No, that's huge. Mm. There's nothing to be embarrassed about that. I think, yeah, yeah I think it's not a, it's not easy to just open up, especially when English isn't your first language, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any native, you know, anyone who speaks their own native tongue, then having to learn English and then kind of, you know, put, be very vulnerable, right? Like you have to really kind of like mm-hmm. know that like, oh, I might make a mistake and not say the right thing. Or like, you know, there's that that hesitancy there. Um, yeah, I can't imagine mm-hmm. how difficult that would be. I mean, the only way I would probably feel the same way as if I went to another country, right? And I didn't speak the language and it's kind of like, oh, like how do I make sense of what these people are saying, but then also make sense of like, how do I respond? So yeah, I think you've, oh, you've overcome that, which is huge. That's that's a big achievement. That's really awesome. What do you consider to be kind of, and you kind of shared about this maybe a little bit already, but please feel free to expand on it is, you know, what do you consider to be kind of your greatest weakness? Uh, but when you see that kind of come up, what do you do as, to take action to kind of stop that from happening uh, when you see that weakness kind of arise? That's this week, actually, this past week. Um, yeah. So... Um, Actually, so recently, my LA Times article came up. Yay! Congratulations! Um, my, so awesome. Uh, business was yeah um, featured. And luckily, yeah. I was featured in featured in featured in LA Times, and it's like amazing things. Yay! Congratulations! But then, like I wow, like I struggle internally so much. Like my brain just like kept saying all oh, the negative stuff and like oh this is not gonna last this is gonna... just like it was my yeah. internal dialogue was crazy negative and um that's my that weakest and also overcoming that i had to you know chant a lot i we, yeah. we chant nam myoho rengekyo by the way <laughs> it's yeah. just a practice and also like you know reach out to the community and talk to friends and also yeah asking for help um that was actually i struggle a lot i actually for the first time asked my friends to help my deliveries this week <laughs> mm. and uh, asking for help has been like really difficult for me and that's probably one of my weakest points i need mm. to work on now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no but that's amazing i think that the fact that you're able to mm. 
um recognize that right and then like like you said yes we both we both practice you know with the sgi and have this amazing community mm -hmm. and so i think the mm -hmm. the biggest thing to in the moment right is to recognize that and then also ask for help but i think as any creative you know can probably uh share the same thing right it's like it is really difficult to ask someone for help because you want to be this independent kind mm -hmm. of fierce you know creative and you know like i'm going to do this myself mm -hmm. Right. But there's no weakness, I think, found in asking for help unless we put that on ourselves. Right. As, as showing kind of this weakness or the sign of it. Um, but yeah. yeah, you kind of have like, you know, we talk about in Buddhism, right? You you're you're constantly chanting to build up the life force to like have the courage and the compassion to be able mm -hmm. to do whatever you want. Right. And so I think that the mm -hmm. the beauty of that, right, is you being able to even reach out to friends and say, like, I need your help. Right. I, I need the ability to be able to yeah. run my business. So, you know, can you help me? You know, and yeah, mm -hmm. usually yeah. that they respond, you know, in in like course and are able mm -hmm. to really kind of um, support. So no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's difficult. Trust me. I'm, I'm not one to ask for help. I'm like, I will, I will bury myself in a ditch yeah. and then be like, how do I get out <laughs> instead of asking for help from yeah. the yeah. yeah. So being the artist that's is awesome. yeah, hard. <laughs> it's always battle with your head. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the ne negative functions for sure. Right. I, I totally get that. Like Mm -hmm. Even if you have like the biggest win, like you're talking about, right? You like, you literally have this amazing article written about your company in the LA times. And then, yeah, your mind is like, oh, like, you know, these thoughts of like, you know, oh, this is it, whatever, you know, it's like, how is it that, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of in the, in the best of moments, we can, all we can think about is like the negativity, you know? And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, being able to break out of that quickly is like the hardest thing, you know, it's like having to like shift it yeah. in the, in the drop of a dime. So has there been a moment so far, actually, this is funny because it's kind of a follow-up to what you were just talking about, but has there been a moment um, in your dance career as well as uh, with your sushi company uh, or sushi business, I should say, um, that you felt like you had quote unquote made it? I mean, like just being written up in the LA Times is huge. So maybe that is for you, but um, you know, has there been something that like you really, really wanted and like this was kind of like the highlight of your career thus far that you were like, man, I really, it like really paid off and I finally like made this happen. In dancing, I have so many dreams. I still haven't <laughs> got the moment. Yeah, I don't. I don't think yet, but I know it will. <laughs> um, actually, this year I got to work uh, dance for my one of my favorite um, choreographer. Oh wow! For a dance convention, that was like oh yay! I wanted to dance for him for a long time, so that was yeah. Adam Person. That's his name. Uh, <laughs> I love him so much. Um, that was that was my like highest moment this year so far hmm. in dancing. Um, I have like want to be on films and um, I will have a lot of dreams in dance. But in, as a chef, um, it's every time like I get um, feedback from uh, customers saying, "Oh, like thank you so much for the amazing." I, yeah, like yesterday, I was I was delivering so much food for mm. Mother's Day. Mm, right, right, yeah. I'm always like worried about. I know I did a good job. I was so like worried about how it was until like it gets delivered. Because I get I don't. It, it's different from restaurant. Right? You get to see customers' reaction right away. Right. But at delivery, like you can't really see it, and then like. Was it good? <laughs> and every time, like, I get 
yeah, like text from customers saying oh, how like they enjoy it and mm. oh, thank you so much for making the Mother's Day amazing. And I'm wow. just like, wow, I'm so glad I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. so like rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's amazing. So I yeah. just for listeners and people watching as well, kind of um your your experience, right? Um, when you are doing it, because you know, for those listeners that don't know, you know, omakase is like, you know, you're at the chef's table, right? So you're preparing each piece kind of in front of each person. Mm-hmm. So um I know that you said you don't have a restaurant. So you actually go to people's homes, right? Uh for the most part and will mm-hmm. kind of yeah, present the food. How does how do you kind of manage that? I mean, that seems like such a unique experience, which I mean like I definitely want to hire you myself and have have the experience. Um but I yeah I was just you know how do you kind of you know, get clients and how do you kind of build that business? Uh, because it's such an, like an interpersonal kind of connection that you, you know, have because mm-hmm. you're in someone's home. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to do more of that this year. It's been like a lot of heavy on deliveries this mm. past year, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's kind of nerve wracking to go to someone's house. It's kind of like, it's like my concept of the, we practice like home visiting, right? It's always yeah. like nervous to go into someone's house, but it's actually been so far, it's been an um, amazing experience. Um, mm. I got to cater for a couple for Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. It's like, it's there, like only away from kids and I'm just kind of in the middle listening to them and drinking yeah. with them <laughs> and a third reading. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so much fun um, cooking for them and got, just getting to know uh, different people from different backgrounds, different jobs, different countries. It's just been like such an LA uh, experience. And like, you know, going to someone's house is more personal than like working in a restaurant and um, just serving food. And yeah. That's awesome. What is your uh, like favorite uh, sushi to make? I'm curious because, you know, you. Uh, the sushi you make is, is so beautiful and I'm sure it tastes amazing as well. And I can't wait to try it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, is there specific kind of like vegetables or a specific type of, um, you know, Japanese ingredients that you really love to use because you feel like it brings out the best of kind of what you're creating? But I think a lot of people like tomato and eggplants are, mm-hmm. Um, it's been most popular, um, and people are amazed by it. I think, like, a lot of people, I realize a lot of people don't like eggplants, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have a, one of my friend, Julie, uh, she doesn't like eggplants, but she eats my sushi, um, mm. I think, wait, am, am I answering your question? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. No, 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 you're good. Um, yeah, and also, like, Using okra, mountain potato, also like using corn. I'm trying to use more uh, local vegetables. Um, mm. I try to go to farmer's market and Amazing. use what's good in the season. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to learn more too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're you're more of an expert than I am. But I feel like Japanese cuisine in general in Japan, right, is really based on the season, kind of like what's available instead mm-hmm. of it just kind of, you know, we've we've become so interconnected as the world that you know you can get you know a plum in the middle of January when they're not in season here in California, but like 
the you can get access to everything right but like i feel like in japan the food is really based on kind of seasonal kind of cooking so that's cool that you said you know you go to like local farmers markets right which then gives you whatever they have available to kind of be able to use mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and like california we have such a like amazing vegetables and fruits yeah and i have so much to explore still yeah nice yeah i thought it was so pretty you had um I don't know what you call it, but I'm guessing it's kind of like an okra maki, which was just kind of like mm-hmm. uh, sushi that has like the okra in it. Is it um, is it cooked or is it kind of raw or like I was I was curious kind of how you make that. It's cooked. It's cooked. Nice. It's boiled and then put um, whatever shiokoji, which is like a fermented um, ingredients. What it's nice. a little bit salty and crunchy. It's really good. <laughs> nice. Amazing delicious you're making me hungry i mean it's it's 10 30 and i'm like i want lunch already okay let's I go <laughs> i love it i love it um <laughs> yes 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 absolutely um so kind of what brings you the most happiness now versus kind of when you first came to you know the united states and really started pursuing your dance uh and ultimately right your your chefing ability and working you know and creating your business um you know like do you see the difference mm-hmm. between kind of then and now into in what brings you happiness when i came to here everything was about achieving goals you know mm. when i first came here okay i have to finish school i have to get a job and like even until like recently you know i have to get as a dance i have to get i have to finish this program i have to get agent i have to audition and then i'm happy or then i feel successful right okay. But now I'm like learning that that kind of um, relative happiness won't last long mm, and it yeah. gets exhausting to pursue. Not I'm not sure everybody knows, but yeah, it gets exhausting to uh, only pursuing goals. And now I'm learning that um, connecting with the people, um, making sure I have time to connect with my friends and family and um, celebrate the win and help them achieving their dreams too. Um, that makes me happy. Yeah. Wow. And also yeah. being there for them to when it's hard times, hard <laughs> hard times. Yeah. Yeah. Just being present, you know, with people on myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that the the idea of just having, like you said, relative happiness, right? So the things or the, you know, the stuff mm-hmm. around us is kind of like, yeah, it can all just kind of go away and then like you lose your happiness. I know I was definitely guilty of that, especially living in LA. It's such a mm-hmm. culture of kind of like, oh, flashy, flashy. Like, what can I, you know, yeah. look at how much I have, right? And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, shifting that mindset and see, like, I always tell my friends, you know, like the the experiences you have together. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. the ability, like you said, to help your friends kind of to not only succeed, but just to with whatever is kind of more important than, you know, just getting all this stuff, you know, and feeling mm-hmm. like, wow, now I'm really happy. Right. Or like, oh, this yeah. success is like for myself is really what matters. But yeah, helping other people, I feel way more joy and happiness out of mm-hmm. that than just kind of like. Yeah, feeling like wow, I really did this. Because, yeah, because, right? Because to your point, mm-hmm. you said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. 
like even if you see that success, your own mind almost plays games on you, right? To think that like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the end of it. Oh, like, oh, like good job, mm-hmm. but like good luck on the next <laughs> the next thing. Exactly, which is yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't you are you a freelancer too, as a photographer? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? So as a dancer, right? Like I'm like kinda of job to job too. So like if you book a job, that's great. And then you're like, now you're worried about what's next. And that's kind of, like you said, it's like a mind game. Like you're worried about what's next. And although you're on the job, you can't, you, get, you can't really enjoy the job where you are now because you're so worried about what's next. And yeah, it's going back to yeah, practice. Um, it keeps my life condition, you have to keep our life condition high all the time to really mm. enjoy this life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, yeah. it's a constant battle. I feel like every day. Yeah. You're cause, because nothing's guaranteed. Right. So it is kind of like, okay, what am I going to yeah. do now? Yeah. Do you find yourself kind of able to make time for yourself to, uh, strengthen your craft in the sense that I'm sure you probably have a dance studio that you, you know, maybe go to or work with and stuff, but for yourself, you know, yeah. how do you kind of, um, yeah, make the time during, you know, the ups and downs of constantly being freelance, you know, how do you kind of, um, mm-hmm. manage to stay on top of, you know, your craft? Yeah. It's a daily, day to day, um, battle to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I like usually schedule a week to get, ma- make sure I have all the trainings, um, mm-hmm. trainings first, you know, I, I'm going to take this class. I'm going to go to, I'm going to teach and I'm going to, you know, have some time to, choreograph myself improv and dance for myself but you know, every like all the things come right okay I have to, now I have to self-tape audition I have to go to this place to audition and I also have to do catering also have to prep for this um wow. yeah it's day to day battle but I make sure I prioritize <laughs> prioritize no it's okay <laughs> <It's good. laughs> Uh, training first and um, just you know do your best day to day it's okay it's like I used to be so like frustrated when schedule changes mm. but it's actually a good thing that I'm able to be like this is what I wanted to do. being able to be flexible um, to do what just do your best what's in right in front of you and then do that every day yeah. day, day by day yeah because yeah. everything's always changing they can't Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard you say you also teach dance. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that for you? I, like, how did you? How did that kind of come about? I I love it. I actually um wow. I it's good to say I like. I was struggling financially so much. Uh, this like first year, first month, month couple months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and now like um. I've been wanting to start teaching dancing, but um, it just helped me back because um, I think going back to like, I didn't have a confidence in teach, like teaching skills. <laughs> mm. um, and I finally um, applied for this teaching job and I've been teaching like younger ones. Um, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. It's been such an amazing experience um, getting to know the kids and like seeing them Okay, fight for whatever task they got. Um, I'm like, I'm 
teaching, but also learning a lot how to um, communicate and mm-hmm. lead them doing their best each class. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Uh, what kind of age range are they at the the students? Ooh, one is in like three to four, five little babies. Oh, wow. Yeah, little kids. <laughs> and then one, yeah, little kids. They're crazy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, also, teens too. Like I think they're eleven to thirteen. Um, nice. I'm still yeah getting to know them. Um, it just started like a couple months ago. So wait, nice. last month. Yeah, last month. Yes. <laughs> it's I know this year. Month, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this year is flying by. Yeah. I know. I'm like, oh, we're out yeah. in May. Okay. Um, <laughs> what kind of dance is it? Is it specifically uh, like? modern and like because usually at a young age right it's kind of like i know they're like ballet and tap and you know like mm-hmm. the the classics if you will um but it, it, are you teaching them that or is it kind of like there's hip-hop or kind of modern or other kind of uh dance involved um for babies i teach ballet um okay. and um for teens i do contemporary Ooh, for now cool. yeah yeah, yeah. So to follow that question up, what is your favorite type of dance personally? Like what do you get the most joy out of performing? Oh, I think um, I love all of them, but (laughs) I like, I love contemporary the most now because Mm -hmm. I think there's freedom to just be ourselves uh, instead Mm -hmm. of like being the shape, certain shape or certain personalities because I when I first moved out here um I felt like dancers were like super work always working mm. was like a specific type of dan- looking dancer right and then I kind of fell in that like loop of like oh I have to be that person I guess now wow. to be working yeah that was hard like oh but i'm not them but i i think i want to work so i'm gonna try to be like them you know yeah. but that wasn't obviously working um so that because of this practice i okay i'm just gonna be myself be my best self wherever i go yeah. and i think yeah contemporary makes me makes me do uh makes me allow to do that so amazing that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah, I actually like total side note. Um, I was actually in dance from like the age of eight all the way through like into high school. I actually went to a performing arts school, but I like really? love tap dance. Yeah, yeah. So tap dance yeah. was my thing, and I learned some jazz and um, mm-hmm. did what else did I do? Oh, hip hop was like the other big thing. But yeah, no, I think that to learn dance uh, and to have a passion for it uh, and to just mm-hmm. move your body, you know, like we have, we're so fortunate that we have these bodies that are able to move. It's kind of like yeah. such an expressive thing. Um, yeah. And it's always funny. I was like listening to you talk and uh, about teaching and also kind of, you know, talking about contemporary as well. It's so if I hear like my former teachers, like five, six, seven, eight, let's go. You know, it's like you could hear like the, the, the count off. So now you get to do that. I'm sure with all these, these yeah. students. So yeah. yeah. It's amazing. That's yeah. really cool. I just love do they do you still dance? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Um, I, I know to answer your question simply, mm-hmm. I don't still dance. I kind of stopped when I w- got to high school. I realized that, um, similar to kind of what you're talking about, like I felt like I had to be this certain kind of person in order for me to advance in the school, mm-hmm. in the dance department. And cause I went there for a tap, like I was like, this is what I'm going to do, you know, but, um, 
I just realized that I was not really cut out to be this like competitive, you know, dancer within the school and to kind of like be the teacher's favorite or to be chosen to be on like, you know, the mm -hmm. dance team. And so then, yeah, I turned to the arts, you know, I, and I started doing drawing and painting and then ultimately found photography kind of in my later years and uh, of high school. And then, yeah, that was kind of like my my all my drive went to that but no i still love to dance um i'll dance around the house and but i don't have like a, a formal class that i go to or kind of train or anything like that but yeah my tap shoes are dusty and in the closet right now yes. <laughs> yeah yeah but, that's so cool yeah yeah i wish i learned tap when i was mm. younger yeah yeah it's such i mean once you so cool. once you have dance it's kind of like you can't you never really leave it you know like it's it's always mm -hmm. kind of just there so yeah yeah, yeah definitely oh that's awesome you should just yeah. tap dance while you take Pictures. take photos well okay so it's funny that you say that because a lot of my photo shoots i don't i don't know who it was or i can't remember who it was but someone was like alan you literally have like dance tourettes like uh, you'll be in the middle of a photo shoot and a song comes on and i'll just start like dancing like it's just yeah i just like kind of get down so yeah it's it's my thing i love to dance um yeah. but yeah not formally training or yeah or practicing at this point so yeah wow so we kind of tapped into this already, but kind of talking about like work ethic, um, you know, it's obviously not easy, like you said, to be, you know, a freelancer and, you know, make ends meet in this crazy city of LA. Um, so like, what is your work ethic like? You know, how do you kind of keep your day to day going and ensure that like you get everything done that you need to get done? Wow. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Just do your best. That's all I can say. Like, uh, you know, it's like being freelance, there's no like, that's it. This is it. Like, there's always going to be work. And also, like, I find myself, like, sometimes, like, not sleeping at all. <laughs> like, oh, wow, I didn't sleep last <laughs> or, or I didn't, like, eat or something. Like, um, yeah, just finding balance day to day and also listening to my body, too, and yeah, not not over scheduling myself too. Like, I'm just I am still finding that balance. Yeah, every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah just give hundred percent. Also, take care of yourself because if you're not taking care of yourself, because you can't really do your best and you can't really give value to anybody. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. What is kind of a day in the life like for you then, if if you can share that? Kind of how do you uh, schedule yourself and kind of, like you said, get everything kind of done? Mm -hmm. Schedule. Well, for example, okay, uh, today, right, I definitely kind of like, oh, am I okay? So I have a today this, right? And then I got actually got an audition after this and wow. also have rehearsal for a show. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. It's day, again, day to day. A lot of chanting, a lot of, you know, lists. I have a list, but uh, I try to not be, like, so stressed about getting everything done in a day. It's okay if it changes, um, just making sure it gets done. But I have, like, first due date and also have, like, second due date. Like, you know, I make sure, like, due days like, super early Well. First day that is like I make it like really early, and then mm -hmm. the second day that is like latest, latest. Well, I make sure, yeah, I get to. 
And if I don't get to finish it by you know, my first delay, I will finish by the second delay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I f- yeah, I find that if you if you take responsibility, right. And like schedule things out, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you kind of like, Mm -hmm. you you then are able to hold yourself accountable and like get all the things done, you know? And yeah. And there's, I feel personally like as an adult, (laughs) it's, it's sometimes easy to kind of be like, you know, Oh, I'll get to that later. Or like thinking in my mind that someone else is going to do the things that I have to do, but knowing that like, that's not the case. So like, yeah, having to say like, Mm -hmm. okay, like if you don't do this today, you probably got to do it tomorrow because no one else is going to just do it for you. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the, the hard yeah, thing. Do you the have like, yeah. Do you have like a system you use? A system. Sure um, I, kind of. I tried to implement this uh, system I learned online. I took this online course on how to do kind of social media and to really kind of, you know, build your brand, mm-hmm. if you will. And it really kind of helped me to, mm-hmm. I put like literally have blocks of time scheduled in my every day and like they move around according to what mm-hmm. I'm doing, right? If I'm doing an interview, like that takes out a chunk that I'd normally mm-hmm. be doing, you know, post-production or something like that. But it really just helps me look at time differently. So like the early morning is like, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be chanting, eat breakfast, do, you know, whatever it is I need to do. And then like mm-hmm. from like 9 a.m. to, you know, like noon, it's kind of like working on productive things that are, you know, creating potential business, you know, so, and then like admin Mm -hmm. stuff and then post-production stuff, which is like, you know, either in Photoshop or editing videos like this uh, together until like the end of the day. So like, ideally, if I was able to, (laughs) in an ideal world, that would kind of be fulfilled Mm -hmm. like on a week, a day, daily basis. Um, But like I said, I mean, Mm -hmm. I have interviews that I'm doing and then I also have, you know, photo shoots or whatever it is. So it, it fluctuates, but I think for me personally, the accountability factor I think is the biggest thing is like, how do I best show up for myself mm-hmm. and this business and treat it like a business at all times? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. to be very honest, I'm a very lazy person. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm like, oh, Netflix sounds mm-hmm. so good right now. I'd rather just watch a show. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, totally not being, yeah. 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 Yeah not falling for that is kind of the, my devilish function that I have to always kind of beat down is like, don't be lazy, do the work, do the work. So, yeah. So what's kind of one thing, or maybe a couple of things that you've learned about yourself by becoming a professional dancer and also, you know, starting your own business, um, you know, with your, your sushi company. Mm -hmm. One thing, one thing, right? It has to be one. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be one. It can be be multiple. Okay. <laughs> Let me think. Oh yeah, I'm so indecisive. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm oh. so decided. I can't decide. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, I was thinking about this past week. Wow, I only value. I'm struggling to find um, valuing myself outside of work, and that's why I'm yes. always like always over schedule myself. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. I'm fighting that urge to just like always oh, constantly after working because, because I don't know, because I, yeah, but I, it shouldn't be only work. I shouldn't be enjoying my life with, you know, as I mentioned yeah. earlier. <laughs> yeah. That's been like the latest struggle lately. Like I, like when I, it's slow, right? I was like, wow, well, I'm not working. 
Hmm. I have to be working. And now I'm like working so much. I'm like, wow, I only know like, wow, I've like no, know how to value myself through work. But now I'm like, no, we're, we're amazing as we are. <laughs> and yeah, finding really believing that in myself, it's been a challenge. Yeah. For me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's huge though. I think that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, valuing your yourself and like your life outside of the work that you do is not mm-hmm. easy to do, you know, because I think mm-hmm. American culture specifically, well, maybe Japanese culture as well, right? Is very much yeah, like definitely. you do the work, right? You know, and that kind of like mm-hmm. almost quote unquote defines who you are and what like you can put a value on that, right? And so, going outside of that and being able to fully just appreciate your life for everything that you do mm-hmm. and everything that you are. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's difficult. I know I'm super guilty of that. I'm like the moment I'm done with a project, mm-hmm. I'm like, that was great. But like, that was the value of that. And that was like, okay, but like, what's the next thing, you know, or, or what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And, and learning to appreciate, yeah, the, the friends, the family, the experiences, the, you know, the joys of things other than just like, this is what defines me and, and the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that. What do you like to do for fun when you're, when you're not working and you're not, you know, chefing and <laughs> kind of what is your, your happy place or what do you kind of do to, uh, to bring joy to yourself? Oh, I love, I just love seeing the couch. <laughs> <laughs> just watching something. Um, I've been wanting to, I couldn't, I've been like thinking about just playing with a puppy this past month. <laughs> I want to play with a puppy so badly. Yeah, I need to. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I have, I have, a, yeah, I have that urge. Yeah, I have the urge to get a puppy, but I was still uh, contemplating. Yeah. So like, yeah. 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 Do you have a friend who has Do a puppy? Have- like, Yes, yes. Oh, I, I'm gonna ask them. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let me hang out Can with I your dog. Over? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can I come over. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. What about um, you? What What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? That's a good question. Um, I actually love to go. Um go to like an art museum or like go, you know, mm. see different parts of LA. Um, I used to be, well, I'm still into it. I haven't gone in a while, but I'd love to go on a hike. Um, like up, I live in Hollywood. So, you know, just up the hill and being able to kind of see the view from the the top of the, the hills mm. here is really nice. But I love to just hang out with friends, you know, go to dinner and, you know, have drinks or um, sometimes go to brunch, which is great. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah. also... As much as I am very expressive outwardly, I'm actually, uh, I call myself, uh, what is it, an introverted extrovert. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I'm definitely okay and completely fine with just being at home yeah. and, like you said, watching a show and enjoying that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, being quiet and not needing to be social. But um, I feel like the pandemic personally really almost, it got too, I got too comfortable with doing that. You know, just being like, oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything. So really breaking out of that and like getting out of my comfort zone has really been kind of a a big goal for me this year in order to kind of like Mm -hmm. get back to my own sense of normal and, you know, really having fun and enjoying my life like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, like really going and not just making work my only thing that I'm doing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah. I also love to travel, wow. but that's, that's also expensive. Mm. So 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to have the money I wanna, for it. Yeah, travel too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manifest, yeah. yes. Yes, about it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Financial breakthrough. Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we yeah. go. Um, who has been your Who has been your biggest supporter or fan that's really helped you kind of navigate all the ups and downs of uh, being a dancer, but then also, yeah, really working as uh, you know your own business owner of uh, plant based sushi Yoko. Mm. My Buddhist community. Mm. Everyone. Yeah. Nice. Can you expand on that a little yeah. bit? I. Yes, um, I actually was born into this practice, my, meaning my, both of my parents practiced mm-hmm. this Buddhism, but I uh, actually didn't get into practicing until 2019 because oh, wow. I had a lot of, uh, yeah, I actually had a lot of resentment towards practice because of what happened to my you know, brother and mm. my relationship with my parents, and it's, it's getting better now because of this practice. But... Um, yeah, I so I met a lot of friends from jobs, actually restaurant jobs and dance who really, really, really tried to, you know, make me to go to meetings. I appreciate mm-hmm. them so much. Um, and I met, you know, amazing local members there and they've been like helping me just support always and always encouraging me, always trying to... Um, keep me grow and then go like outside of my comfort zone because I don't like I, I, I said, you know, I don't like talking much. <laughs> my comfort zone, just like listening. I love to listen to people. <laughs> I'm like really good at listening, not talking so much. <laughs> so yeah. And then, yeah, this business, you have, you, you have to talk, <laughs> you have to talk or you have to, um, have to tell yourself, otherwise you won't, be able to have any business <laughs> and right. um yeah and then this practice really really helped me to do that and just show up as myself wherever i go wow yeah yeah amazing um yeah i think yeah definitely the the buddhist community has always for me personally yeah same it's kind mm-hmm. of been the the thing that's really supported me and been able to go to it and it's funny because um I think I've shared this on the podcast probably multiple times. Mm-hmm. People are like, shut up. But um, I was also born into this practice. My parents both practiced, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't practice to start practicing until 2016, um, yeah. like for myself personally. And I was like at a really low, low at that point. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like the perfect timing. I was reintroduced by a member that I was working with. And yeah, mm-hmm. from that point, it kind of like shifted everything to really focus mm-hmm. back on like myself, but also like, yeah, like, you know, we've been talking about like, what can I do not only for myself, but for other people. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, the mm-hmm. community within the SGI has really been the, the, the thing to kind of keep me going and yeah, rebuilding mm-hmm. the relationships with friends and family and um, yeah, really kind of being the spurring point to kind of like take off, you know, but yeah, yeah I could, I totally get it. It's uh yeah, you have to find it on your own. You can't really going to be yeah. shoved in to do it. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, yeah. yeah. And it takes a group of people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like a new, Yay. a different, a different group of friends, but definitely mm-hmm. with the same kind of mission to see your yeah. happiness. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so a few more questions here. I'm curious, kind of what, what kind of goals do you have set for yourself for the next, say, like, uh, like two, three, even five years from now? 
I would love to be traveling as a dancer and a chef mm-hmm. uh, the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, uh, as a dancer, I love to, you know, performing, teaching all over the world and as a chef, um, cooking for different cultural background people and really connect with them, connecting with them. Um, yes, I would love to be able to go back and forth because my parents are still in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. and I haven't been really able to travel much mm-hmm. because of, yeah. yeah. So I would love to be able to, you know, come back and forth, maybe invite my parents to be here too. Um, yes. I'm really, really, really want to be, you know, um, successful or yeah. thrive in both of our careers. Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Who's your dream client that you have for your, like, for your sushi business? Ideally, like who is there someone specifically or a type of client, maybe hypothetically, that you really want to, um, yeah, chef for or cook for? Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> That's a good question. It's a really, really great question. Like, I imagine myself like cooking for all of my friends. I don't have really like dream clients. I would like, actually wanted to have this like big not big but like um get together with all my friends just cooking um mm. for them just congratulate uh celebrate the article um mm. maybe that's my yeah uh, next dream i guess yeah amazing that's yeah. awesome big sushi party for everybody i love that yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so I always ask this question. I'm kind of curious, like what, uh, what would you say to your future self? So 15 years from now, like almost like sending a, a message in a bottle to your future self, um, whether that's uh, congratulations or wisdom from now to them. Um, you know, I always like to ask just cause, you know, looking to the future, it kind of gives you this, uh, perspective of like, this is maybe this is where you want to be or you hope to achieve this by that time. Mm-hmm. 15 years. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm like thinking about tomorrow. Let's see. Um, <laughs> Just tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Day by day. I'm living day by day now. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. I, I still don't think about 15 years. Yeah. Message, right? Um, keep practicing. Mm-hmm. Keep practicing. Keep doing your best. Um, and enjoy your life, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, those are all, yeah. yeah, Great things to, to, yeah. Say to yourself in the future. So I love that. Um, is there a specific motto or phrase that you kind of live by? Um, yeah. Never give up. Never Mm. give up. Do your best and never give up. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I used to think, like, never give up, meaning, like, never give up on, like, specific jobs or Mm. specific person or project that I I thought I really wanted to, but never give it up on yourself. And if you fall, you just get up, try again, and keep doing that again and again every day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Never giving up. 
Amazing. Um, well, that actually kind of wraps it up. I'm like looking at my questions here. I realize, yeah. So um, thank you so much. I want to know uh, if people want to follow you and also hire you as for your amazing sushi, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where can they kind of follow you online? Uh, as well as if you have a website or anything, please uh, love to hear it so people can uh, go check it out. Yes. My website is com, and also my Instagram. My personal account is at I am Yoko Hasebe. And my business account is at PantsDishiyoko. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, I um, thank you so much for all of your time. And I'll put all the thank links and everything you. down below uh, so people can check it out. And I'll put up photos and maybe some of the videos of you dancing, performing as well when we put it all, edit this all together so they can see uh, how incredibly talented you are. But thank you so much, Yoko, for uh, your time. And I look forward to seeing everything uh, that you're going to do in the future. And I cannot wait to try your sushi as well because I love me some sushi. So yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. And a huge thank you to Yoko for all of her stories and the delicious looking sushi. I cannot wait to try it for myself. This week's Buddhist quote of the week is, the Lotus Sutra teaches that the great hidden treasure of the heart as vast as the universe itself, which dispels any feelings of powerlessness. It teaches a dynamic way of living in which we breathe the immense life of the universe itself. It teaches the true great adventure of self-reformation by Daisaku Ikeda. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. That would be amazing. And if you're watching here on YouTube, go ahead and give us a big thumbs up. It really helps out. And if you want to check out another video, check this one out. It's another full episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. And I will see you in that video. And until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. What is up, Creative Lotus family? Thank you so much for supporting the Creative Lotus Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on social media. On Facebook, we're at the Creative Lotus Podcast. Here on YouTube, maybe you're watching, we're at the Creative Lotus Podcast as well. And on Instagram, we're at the Creative Lotus Pod. And my personal handle is at Alan Zaki. We say thank you once again. Go ahead and subscribe, listen, write a review. And until the next episode, we'll see you there. Have a wonderful day and stay safe. Bye-bye.